Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 17. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Now, if you haven't been with us, last week we concluded chapter 16. As you know, we've been going verse by verse through the Gospel of Matthew, and we concluded last week chapter 16. As Jesus had been telling his disciples that he was going to Jerusalem to suffer and to be killed and to die on Calvary's cross. And it was at that time that Peter took the Lord aside, the Bible says, And he says, Lord, that can't happen. He says, far be it from you, Lord, that you should go to the cross. And Jesus said, Peter, you're acting like the devil because you're speaking from the things of men about the things of men and not speaking about the things of God. And then Jesus started talking about true discipleship. If you were with us, you know that. He said, if you want to be a real disciple, A true disciple, you got to deny yourself. Three things. We talked about it last week. Remember, you got to deny yourself. You got to take up your cross and you've got to follow me, Jesus said. And then he promises those who lose their life and give up their plans will find life. And those who seek to hold on to their life and their thing and their way and their doing. You're holding on to your life. Jesus says you're going to lose your life. You're going to miss what life is all about. Jesus was simply saying, if you're going to follow me, listen, there's going to be a cost. Did you know there was a cost in following the Lord? Salvation was free to you. But now we need to go on to lay our lives down. There is a cost in this thing called Christianity. It was Martin Luther who said, and I I love it, I quoted it last week, let me quote it again. Martin Luther said, a religion that gives nothing, costs nothing, and suffers nothing is worth nothing. And that's true. So after talking about the cross, now stay with me, turn your brain on here. After talking about the cross, Jesus now shows the disciples that the cross leads to glory. Chapter 17 is commonly known. Got a pen? Got a pad? Chapter 17 is commonly a commonly known event in the life of Jesus known as the transfiguration. The transfiguration is Jesus' way. I'm going to give it to you early and then we'll develop it. The transfiguration is Jesus' way of encouraging his disciples and letting them know, get this, that God transforms suffering into glory. It is important to note there were no chapter and verses in the original text. So chapter 17, chapter 18, chapter 19, and the divisions were all placed there by man for easy reading. 
But with Matthew, now when you read the Gospel of Matthew, it's all one letter, so you can't, it's all one Gospel. So you can't go from chapter 16 without just smoothly transitioning. There's a reason and a method to the badness of why we're talking about chapter 17 in the Transfiguration. Well, from chapter 16 to chapter 17, Jesus is showing us simply this, that God transforms our suffering into glory. Listen, this is a principle that is over and over and over talked about in the scriptures. Suffering to glory. We suffer now, Christian. Listen, we suffer now, Christian. Listen, we suffer now. But there is Glory to follow. This is a principle taught in the scriptures. That's why all this stuff about name it, claim it, and be happy here on earth, and you should never suffer, you sinner. If you do, you're a sinner. You're lacking faith. That's just not taught in the Bible. The reality is we will suffer now. Yea, all who live godly in Christ, what saints? shall suffer persecution. What? Y'all don't know? Or you haven't had your caffeine yet? (laughs) Yea, all who live godly in Christ Jesus shall what? Suffer persecution. Yes, it goes hand in hand. It's in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. It says, for I reckon. You see, Paul, y'all didn't know was a southerner, did you? (laughs) That the sufferings. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not, get this, it's on the screen, ah, read it with me. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Suffering and glory, no matter what you're going through this morning, it's nothing compared to the glory that you're going to experience in heaven. Amen, saints. Very important to understand. So the pain of the cross leads to the glory of the kingdom. Someone once said it like this. No cross, no crown. No cross, no crown. Chapter 3 or chapter 17 has three divisions. Actually, we're going to look at this morning in verses 1 through 8. Three divisions in chapter 17. We're going to talk about the glorious vision in verses 1 and 2. And then we're going to talk about the glorious visitors in verses 3 and 4. Real simple outline this morning. And then the glorious voice in verse 5 through 8. We have the glorious vision in verse 1 and 2, the glorious visitors in verse 3 and 4, and the glorious voice in verse 5 through 8. Matthew chapter 17. Now, remember I just said, give me your attention. Chapter and verse was placed there by man. Get this. We actually got to go back to verse 28 of chapter 16 to get it all in context. So actually, Matthew chapter 16, beginning in verse 28. Saints, if you're there, say amen. Assuredly, I say to you, there are some, and this is an interesting, sort of perplexing verse. I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death Till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, the inner circle, his brother, 
led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with them. And then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Underline that, would you? Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, what did they do? They fell on their faces and they were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, arise and do not be afraid. And when they lifted up their eyes in verse eight, they saw no one but Jesus only. Would you underline that? Jesus only. Hear him. Jesus only. Stop right there. Give me your attention. Again, chapter and verse is not something that is done by the Holy Spirit. And so chapter 16, 28, verse 28 goes with chapter 17. Look at it again. Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now, there are some people who say that Jesus made a mistake with this verse. There are some people who say that Jesus is fallible because of this verse. There are some people who say that Jesus was wrong because the disciples didn't die. They did not see the coming kingdom. They didn't see the coming kingdom, they say. So Jesus was wrong. Well, the transfiguration, I like to call it this. It's a sneak preview of coming attractions. Don't you love a good movie trailer? Some of them are a little deceptive. They look like a good movie, and you go see it, and you go, that was a terrible movie. The trailer was better than the movie. But here, the transfiguration, it's a sneak preview of the coming kingdom. The word kingdom here, it means, get this, glory or majesty. Glory or majesty. And so the disciples, Peter, James, and John, did see his majesty and royalty up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Notice Jesus, six days later, took Peter, James, and John, people call them the inner circle, and led them up into a mountaintop experience. This mountain is probably Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon, as you know, is in the area of Caesarea Philippi. Mount Hermon is 9,000 feet above sea level, and on a clear day, and I've seen it, on a clear day, you can see the snow cap on the Mount, on Mount Hermon from Jerusalem. It's beautiful. And so Jesus takes these three guys away from the other guys. And three times in the Bible, I found it interesting. Jesus, listen to this. This is pretty fascinating. Three times in the Bible, Jesus took these three guys away. And it's interesting because all three times the occasion dealt with death. Three times Jesus took these three guys, Peter, James, and John, away. And all three times it dealt with death. Matthew chapter 9, we talked about it some many weeks ago. You might remember the story. Jairus. 
he had his daughter who had died. And he came to Jesus. Jesus went to his house. And the Bible says that Jesus took Peter, James, and John into the house. He went up to the little girl's bed. He took her by the hand. Peter, James, and John are standing there. Only Peter, James, and John. And he says, Talithe kumai, which means Danzel, arise. And immediately she rose up. And then Jesus said, give her something to eat. Man after my own heart. Give her something to eat. I love that. Jesus there is showing that he was victorious over death. The second time, Jesus took Peter, James, and John into the Garden of Gethsemane. And it's in the Garden of Gethsemane that Jesus was showing his submission to death. Remember, he said, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. I was talking to a guy about this at lunch the other day, trying to help him to understand that Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. Did you know that? He didn't want to go to the cross. That's why he said, Father, if there's any other way that, that we can accomplish this salvation thing other than the cross, because the cross was brutal, it was horrible. And he said, if there's any other way, then, Father, let's go with that way. Let this cup pass from me. But then he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. You see, Jesus was saying, I don't want to go to the cross. And if there's any other way, then let's go with that. And so because Jesus did go to the cross, we know that there was no other way. And therefore, and you got to come to Christ and you got to get to heaven through the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen, saints. And that's so important. But so it was there in the garden that Jesus had Peter, James and John with him. And there he is showing his submission to death. And here in Matthew 17, Jesus shows Peter, James, or he shows Peter, James, and John that he is glorified in death. Remember, he's been talking about death in chapter 16. Jesus is showing them that death isn't something to be feared. But if you will take up your cross, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, you too will be transformed in death. Now, now, why would he show them that? Because it's important to them. Remember now, when they come down from the mountain, they are going to face suffering and sacrifice, and, and they're going to give their lives for the cause of Christ. This is what they're going to face. We know. James was the first disciple to be put to death. You know how they put James to death? They cut him in half. Sawn him in two. It was a brutal, horrible, painful death. The first disciple to martyr, to be martyred for the cause of Christ. Take up your cross, James. Deny yourself, James. Follow me to the end, James. And then John, he was the last disciple to die. Nero, you remember the story? Nero, he, t- he tried to kill John by putting him in a boiling pot of oil and he wouldn't die don't you love that about god that now that's a god thing he wouldn't die nero didn't know what to do and so he exiled john to the rocky barren god forsaken island of patmos and it was on that island that he received a revelation remember Ah, that's a sermon in itself. When you're alone and isolated and seemingly by yourself, 
that's when you'll receive a revelation. That was John. And then Peter, you know his story? He was sentenced to death by crucifixion. And Peter said, I'm not worthy to die in the same way as my Lord. And he requested that they would crucify him upside down. Peter died on the cross just like the Lord, except upside down. And so they would give their lives. They need to know that you can go from suffering to glory. They need to know that. And so Jesus takes these boys aside, leads them up to a high mountain. Now notice a point number one in our outline this morning. Point number one, we want to notice the glorious vision in verse one and two. Look at it again. Notice Jesus was transfigured in verse two. You see that word? If you're a note taker, write this down. We have the word metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. It describes a change on the outside that comes from the inside. A change on the outside that comes from the inside, like a caterpillar that becomes a beautiful butterfly. A change on the outside that comes from the inside. Jesus is transfigured, metamorphosized, changed for the first time. He is, get this, he's pulling back the veil of his humanity and allowing his deity to come shining through. He's pulling back the veil of his humanity and allowing his deity to come shining through. Now listen close. We are clear. The Bible's clear. Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. He was God in the flesh. And his flesh, his skin, veiled, hid his deity. His flesh hid his true deity. So just looking at Jesus... You would not look at Jesus and say, oh, he looks like God. His flesh hid his. It's almost like this shirt is hiding my chest or hiding my my clothes or hiding my body. So all you see is my clothes. When you looked at Jesus, you didn't see his deity. He looked like an average guy. Jesus didn't walk around with a halo on his head and, and, and music playing in the background everywhere he went. Jesus traveled in surround sound. You know, you hear, oh, hallelujah. And he's just floating through the earth, you know. He, oh, hallelujah. You know, you know, this is the image we have of Jesus. It's Jesus. And when people see Jesus, they were like, oh, it's Jesus. No. You know, the portraits that people have painted over the centuries, they've got a halo around his head and he's glowing and he's got perfect, flawless, clear, no acne skin. No. I think Jesus probably had a zit on his nose like everybody else. He was normal. He, 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 he looked like man. His flesh veiled his deity. Don't you remember the Christmas song, veiled in flesh, Godhead see, hailed incarnate deity. 
veiled in flesh. So Jesus, when you, when you looked at him, you didn't see his deity because it was veiled in the likeness of sinful flesh. It wasn't sinful, but it was in the likeness of sinful flesh. And now for the first time here on the Mount of Transfiguration, stay with me, Jesus is pulling back that veil and allowing his divine nature to shine through. And he's allowing them to see his pre-incarnate glory that he had with the Father before he came to the earth. Remember John 17, write that down, look it up later. John 17, verse 5, Jesus said, And now, O Father, glorify me together with your Son, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. John chapter 1, verse 14, John writes again. This is the same John up on the mountain, mind you. And the word became flesh. And you, you got to understand this stuff. Look, you can go to seminary and pay 40 grand for this piece of information or listen now for free. All right. <laughs> His flesh, the word, John 1.14 says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. It is very likely, very possible that John was referring to this mountaintop experience that he had. And then he writes about it. So the deity of Jesus starts shining through. His humanity is there to veil the flesh and then suddenly, or to veil his deity, and then suddenly his face glows and his garments glisten and he was completely engulfed in a blazing bright Shekinah glory. Now this was not reflected glory. This was radiated glory. Remember Moses up on the mountain, he got the law. When he came down, his face was shining. He had to put a veil over it. Remember, that's reflected glory. In other words, he looks in, in the presence of God and he grabs a bit of the glory. And he comes down. People are like, oh, Mo Moses, man, I need my sunglasses. Look at you. You see, that's reflected glory. But radiated glory comes from within and then out. Now, you want to hear something? I was talking to Elvira about this last night. The Christian, we have reflected glory and radiated glory. What, Rodney? That's right. When the Bible says, when we see him face to face, we, we, are, we, we have that, that reflected glory that we get to look at him as we study, as we pray, as we spend time with him. We get to look at him face to face and we get a reflected glory. But not only that, but because we have God in us, for now you are the temple of the living God. Well, not only do you have reflected glory, but you have radiated glory because God is within you. So this tells us something here. Whatever is on the inside of a person, we can learn something. Whatever is on the inside of a person will eventually come shining forth from that person. If good stuff is in you, then good stuff. You ever meet somebody and, 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 and you say, hey, how you doing? And fine. And you get to talking to them and you say, are you a Christian? How do you know that? 
because of the radiated glory. You ever meet people, they just got a joy and a radiated glory that just comes from their person, from their eyes, from their spirit, just from them. It just radiates through them. And then you meet people, let's say, who don't have a radiated glory. (laughs) They have more like a repelling type glory. And you go, oh, man. You see, if good stuff's in you, good stuff's going to come out of you. If bad stuff's in you and evil stuff is in you, then evil and bad stuff is going to come out of you. All good stuff was in Jesus, light and life. And that's what comes out, the glorious vision. And then secondly, point number two. The glorious visitors. Look in your Bibles again in verse 3 and 4. While they were up on the mountain, did you notice who showed up? Moses and Elijah, they were talking to Jesus. Now, a parallel story, Luke chapter 9, read that in parallel, tells us that they were talking to Jesus. Get this, what they were talking about. Don't you love the word? It gives you these little things. What were they talking about? They were talking about his death. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.